Check one, two. Check one, two. Miami on the Rocks. Casey Chops. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at MIA on the Rocks. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Today's guest, my brother, like literal brother. I've known him since I was like 13 years old. We go back 15 plus years. And this is probably the first guest on my podcast where like he's like an actual friend, like an actual, like, you know, probably be my best man at my wedding one day if I even decide to get mm. married. But uh, how are you mm. feeling? How are you feeling about it? I got Miss, hold on. First of all, how do we introduce you, Alvi, right? We, because we grew up, <sighs> we grew up Danny, but then now it's like we're older now. And, yeah. and do we go to Alvi, the real government? Well, you know, it's funny. It's like it kind of depends on which region you find me in, oh. which name they call me by. So like whenever I come back to Broward, most people, because I grew up here, uh -huh. know me as Danny. Oh. Or if you know me from my D.C. days, it's Danny. If you met me in Miami, you moved to Dayton and, and got on your Alvi vibe. Yeah, I said, you know what? Let me own my government name. Let me let me honor the name, and just decide to rock with this. What made you flip though? Being Honest, called Danny your whole life. Yeah, and then, bro, it's crazy because so for anyone who's listening to this, my full name is Alvi Daniel Thompson Jr. Right. So I'm named after my dad. Right. And ever since I was a jit, you know, my mom, everyone called me Danny to not confuse myself from my dad right right and then bro i've never in my life heard of anyone named alvi so like, i never really rocked with the name yeah. like that i was even embarrassed by it yeah. when i was little yeah. like you remember on like those substitute teacher days where like the yeah. substitute teacher doesn't call know to call you by your your, your yeah. nickname yeah so i remember my last name's t too so i'm like way in the back of the list mm -hmm. and i'm just sitting there anxious as hell like damn please don't say alvi please don't say alvi damn, and then he'd be like man. alvi it's danny i'm here damn yeah so once I got to Miami, though, it's different, man. I think, you know, I've been on this personal development journey, really owning who I am and really loving who I am. And one of the biggest parts of who I am is my name. Yeah. Right. So I said, all right, when I move to Miami, I'm just going to start going by Alvi. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'm going to introduce myself. And it's really just taken off since then. Damn. And, you know, we grew up together playing sports, playing basketball, playing football, and you went to Georgetown in DC and you've been here for a minute back home and you had the personal training vibe, like focused on the physical and yeah. for the people listening, me and him, uh, Danny did a damn, do I call bro. Whatever you want, they'll, they'll Come pick on, it we up. We go back. They got the context like, clues. They'll pick it up. Danny they'll pick it up. Life. But Danny went on, um, uh, you know, we did that segment called four pillars of health for the people that, you know, a couple months back and, you know, we focused on, you know, it was just the iteration of health is not just the physical and more importantly, it's the mental, the spiritual and the emotional. So if anybody listening, go back to that. It's a, it's a bonus, um, segment called the four pillars of health. Um, so, you know, I wanted to have my brother on here and us just have a conversation. This shouldn't be something difficult to do because we do this all the time. All the time. Like, so, bro, you know, it's crazy. Like how many times we used to always say back in like high school, like, damn, I wish we just had a camera recording us. Right. Just because of all the shit we used to say, the stuff we used to talk about, the ideas, the experiences. And so I used doing to, it. bro, so I used to, you know, would make music in my house, in my mom's house. So I was always into music. He played football. I played basketball and, you know, we'd go out to parties and stuff like high schoolers do on the weekends. And I turned my room in my house in my mom's house to like a little studio and, and took a bookcase, made a, a booth. And, and, and I wasn't a DJ at the time and I would just make beats 
And I would have just people from school that wanted to rap come through, and I'd put out mixtapes. And so he would come through with the football team, <laughs> and and we made bro, we, they, we the football team made an anthem, right, that they would play at the games, and everyone was rapping on that, all the football players. And then we made a basketball one, and then we made a song that got popular in school, and we performed it at prom. And we, me and you, we always say to ourselves like, damn, if social media existed when we were in high school, bro, like, yeah, uh, you know. It would have been a gift and a curse. Yeah. Really? I don't know. I mean, so there's certain things that I was doing back from like college, like early 20s. I was like, man, if I got all that stuff on uh, on social media, yeah, my life might be a little bit different than it is now. But I'm all about the experience. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah, shit. So how's your mind state now, bro? You know, you're heavy into the um the 360 degrees of, of, of handling wellness now, you know? Yeah. And... And where's your mind? Where's your mind at? You know, you've always been in the physical uh, training side of it. You've 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 trained professional athletes, football players, dolphin players, and 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 now you've kind of you know pivoted and, and, and took a three sixty approach to to what you do. So can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, man. I mean, what comes up for me when you ask that is that like now my focus is personal mastery. Mm-hmm. Like I look at my own life and I say, okay, how can I master? these different pillars of my life, whether it's from a health aspect, right? And when we talk Mm -hmm. about health, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, also from a career and finance standpoint for my personal relationships, Mm -hmm. my friends and family relationships, my relationship with myself, my community involvement, my leisure time, like essentially how can I make all parts of my life thrive? And what I love about it is like every day is an opportunity to -hmm. do that. So every day I'm thinking like, okay, how can I advance these specific pillars in my life today? Mm-hmm. And I realize that the more I focus on mastering myself, mm-hmm. that's going to put me in a position to help other people at an even higher level. Because mm-hmm. you know me, it's all about coming from a full cup. Mm-hmm. And to me, a full cup comes through the pursuit of personal mastery. Mm-hmm. And, to, and, and for the people listening that don't understand what you mean by full cup, like... Yeah. Basically filling your cup up first, making sure you're good before you can serve others. Exactly, exactly. You know, we come up in this world where, you know, whether it's based off of, you know, pop culture or religion or school, different things, we're kind of taught like, okay, you got to help everybody else first. Mm -hmm. Like it's selfish to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure you do any and everything for every other person. And Mm -hmm. then if you have the time and the energy after that, then you can go ahead and focus on yourself. Mm. But in reality, at least I make up and I believe that most people are hurting so much or they just have this mindset where life just isn't what they feel like it could be. It's not fulfilling Mm -hmm. because they're trying to fill everyone else's cup. They're trying to make everyone else happy before themselves. And as they continue to suppress what they're going through and, and ignore the things that they need to address, they do it through. And I think that the generation before us, like our parents are a great example of that is, is like the antithesis is that it's kind of like, you know, both of our you know parents, I felt like they, they care about other people more than they even care about themselves. You know what right. I'm saying? And, and, and yeah, that's something, you know, I talk to my family about and, and you deal with your, your clients as well, just about right. like, bro, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. If you don't have the energy or you're not truly happy, well, how are you going to go to somebody else and be like happy with them? Right. right? Like it's literally impossible. Right. And what I think happens is a lot of people are trying to do things that they think 
are going to make them happy by getting other people's approval or like that external mm. validation. And that's going to happen when a person is not clear on, hey, what is it that truly makes me happy? What truly makes you know Danny happy? Mm-hmm. What are the things that I need to do on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a yearly basis mm-hmm. to make sure that I feel good? Right. Right. What the, so, you know, there's a ton of physical trainers out there, right? And, and you started off as that. What made you, you know, recently want to pivot into doing, like, taking care of the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the 360 approach? Did you have any personal things that made you pivot that way? Or what made you want to not be like all these other guys and just work out in the gym and be the trainer? You know? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Really, what happened for me is, like, I learned from my own personal experience Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, as I'm making these changes in myself and I see what type of benefit it's having for me, I know that this can help people with what they're looking for. Because even at the end of the day, when I think about my physical goals I used to have, like when I first wanted to, I finished my football career, I weighed 285. And after that, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not playing football no more. Let me be uh, as lean as possible. I'm going to get all the girls I want. I'm going to feel this way about myself. I'm going to do these things. Where in reality, what I really was looking for was just more confidence, mm-hmm. right? So for a lot of people who I worked with in the past, you know, it might be like, okay, I want to put on 20 pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, all right, bet, let's get that. And from what I knew at that point, that was just because of, you know, we're going to work out a certain way. We're going to lift mm-hmm. our weights a certain way. We're going to eat food a certain way. And that's mm-hmm. going to allow us to get you to that goal of gaining 20 pounds, to but be a performer, basically, because we were both athletes growing up. So it was really all just about physically performing. Well, I think that's only part of it. Like, part right. of it's physically performing, but then another part is like, well, man. That, that's what we grew up to believe, to, oh, to yeah. like our coaches and like what, it, right. you know? For sure, for sure. But then what I think, what that performance turns into, because performing doesn't stop, but mm-hmm. what we're performing for changes. Mm. And what I started to find is that most people were performing for others. Like, oh, this is the way I need to look to be approved by these people, mm-hmm. right? And you know, going back to the example of the person who wants to put on 20 pounds of muscle, the difference between then and now is that now it's like, okay, why do you want to put on that 20 pounds of muscle? How's your life gonna be different? And through that line of questioning and just looking for clarity and diving deeper, well, what really usually comes out is that a person's looking to be more confident in themselves, mm-hmm. be more confident how they show up in the workplace, Right. Maybe they had a trauma way back of when they were small and they were picked on. And now they're like, no, I want to be bigger so I can defend myself or feel a certain way. And it's understanding that a lot of these things that we're going after, when we get to the root of it, we can tap into those ways of being right now. Like, I don't have to put on the 20 pounds of muscle to be confident. I can decide right now based off of all the accomplishments I've had in my life Mm -hmm. that I've maybe never recognized and realize I have a lot to be confident in already. So what? Now, that perspective is so, you know, important to realize, and it's literally life-changing when you start to think this way. What made you think that way? The biggest thing, honestly, was my mom's death. Mm. So my mom passed away in May of 2015, right? So almost six years ago. And what I learned through that experience was, like, at that time, the way I did my work with people, it's like, yeah, I knew how to help you get physically more fit. I was a nutrition coach because I changed the way I ate. So I was like, yo, I can help you change the way you eat and have you show up better in that way. But what I was missing before my mom died was this skill set of truly meeting somebody where they're at. Mm -hmm. And that also includes 
meeting myself where I was at, right? So my mom passed away because she had a lot of the Western lifestyle diseases we see today. She was type 2 diabetic. She was obese. She had high blood pressure. She had... Standard um, American diet. Yeah, standard American diet. But also, like, (laughs) the standard American diet oftentimes includes, like, the opioid medications that get Mm. overprescribed and, like, overabused. She had a very fixed mindset, right? What I see in a lot of people, meaning they don't think they can change their Mm -hmm. current situation. And also, like, a big victim mentality. Like, oh, all of these things are happening to me because of something else, someone else, you name it, right? Outside. So, and know what's, I know what has, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but know mm-hmm. what happens as well with, with our parents' generation is that our generation is getting so much new information disproving the things that our, our parents' generation thought were correct. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and a lot of times they're not willing to accept or change that, hey, mom, maybe like milk isn't good for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, why right. were we drinking? Maybe milk is not good for your bones. Maybe the TV was just telling you that to sell fucking milk. You know what I mean? Right, like, of course. So uh, our parents' generation wasn't necessarily so open to like changing the things that they grew up on, you know? No, for sure. For sure. And that's the thing too. It's like, at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer that again, and I learned this from my mom's death, that I can't help anyone change who doesn't want to already change themselves, mm. right? So that's part of the aspect of meeting somebody where they're at. So essentially, you know, my mom went and she had gastric bypass surgery years before. And for those of you who don't know that what that is, they essentially staple your stomach so it gets real small so that you can't eat as much food. And then over time, that's just going to naturally have you, well, not naturally, it's going to have yeah. you <laughs> lose uh, a bunch of weight because you're simply not able to get the same amount of calories in. So my mom got that surgery. She ended up losing weight over time. But because it happens in such an unnatural way, your body has all this excess skin. And typically after somebody has that type of surgery and they lose the weight, they go and they get a cosmetic surgery to get all the excess skin removed, heightened, all of that. Now, because my mom was so unhealthy, all of the Western lifestyle disease we just talked about, she wasn't a healthy enough candidate to get that surgery. But for those of y'all who didn't know my mom, my mom doesn't take no for an answer, right? Mm -hmm. So she kept talking to other doctors, other hospitals, trying to find a way to get this surgery done. And eventually she found a doctor who said, hey, Vicky, you have a hernia. And in order for me to fix that hernia, I'm gonna have to remove all of the skin around your midsection. Mm-hmm. So to my mom, that's like, great. That's exactly what she wanted. Did she have a hernia or was it a doctor? Yeah, she had a oh, hernia. Oh, okay. oh, I mean, well, I don't know. But right, right, right. They, that's what the claim was. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure she did have a hernia, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. So, and again, with a hernia, like, you can live with that, mm-hmm. right? And that, that in itself is a very simple surgery. Mm-hmm. So the day before my mom was set to have the surgery, I was at her house. And we're having a conversation. And during the conversation... She starts saying like, hey, like I'm kind of having second thoughts. I don't know if I want to go through with the surgery. And at that point, I'm like, perfect. Like, don't do it. You don't need it. Like, we'll figure this out. Because, you know, at that point, I've been, you know, a certified personal trainer, a sports performance coach and a nutrition coach for like three years. Right. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I was like, oh, I already know what we can do to, quote unquote, fix you. Right. 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 So eventually I was like, no, no, I'm still going to have the surgery. And that led to her and I getting into a huge argument. And the thing about my mom and I, since I moved back from college, we got into a ton of arguments. 
And in hindsight, that comes because I was never really meeting her where she was at. It right. was always like, you sh- I know these things, you should do this. And because I love you so much, like I'm going to be mean to you if you don't. Mm. Right. And all that shit was ineffective. And, and, and yeah, and that, yeah, that situation is not unique to you. I think we all have those type of issues with our parents, you know, to well, where the love is so strong there that, that, that it turns into, you know, anger. Like, you know, yeah, like you said. 100%. I mean, well, I, I, that's something I work with people with so much now is to your exact point, understanding that it takes so much more presence and awareness to have a high level of compassion for the people closest to you, like parents and loved ones, right? Like it's very easy for like, if it's like my friend for me to have a little bit more compassion, if it's a stranger to be like, oh, like not nah, like you'll be okay, this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. But when it's my mom, it's like, nah, like you, you gotta do this, you gotta yeah. do that because I'm so afraid of what's gonna happen if you don't do that, right? right? And looking back, it was super ineffective. So long story short, <laughs> that argument that my mom and I had was literally the last conversation I ever had with my mom. Mm. She went in, got the surgery, came out of the surgery, and within that, coming out of it, she was calling a couple people, and when she was talking to them, she was complaining that she was feeling like short of breath, like she could never quite catch her breath. Mm -hmm. And very shortly after that, she went into this episode where she couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. So the hospital induced her into a coma Mm-hmm. and transfer her to another facility. And my mom was in that coma for over 12 weeks and eventually she slowly died. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like right after her death, like I had so much shame, so much guilt, really around like, damn, like- Because of I, that was the last conversation you had? Yeah, I mean, that's one yeah. part of it. That last conversation I had with her, um, just like how much like we would always like argue and how like mm-hmm. mean I was to her. And honestly, like, as I can look back in hindsight and see, I could tell I had a lot of conditional love for my mom at that part, mm-hmm. at that point. And it's it's interesting because we, we hear this concept of unconditional love. Like, I love this person no matter what. Mm-hmm. But what I was actually doing was telling my mom, like, like, hey, I'm not loving you unless you exercise like this, mm-hmm. unless you go eat like this, unless you mm-hmm. go do these things for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I wasn't thinking it was that. But in hindsight, I could see that. And I think that's something that goes on in this world today with a lot of people where like, yeah, they say that they love somebody or that they even unconditionally love somebody. But in reality, the way that the interaction actually goes or the multiple interactions, it's like, okay, like I'm going to be nice to you when you're doing these things. But if you're not doing these things, then like I'm going to act shitty towards you or I'm going to withdraw from you and you're not going to hear from me. That's crazy that you say that, bro. Because like I like, for example, my sister, I was all I was on her ass for years and years and years about please exercise, please work out. It'll be amazing for your mental to be da 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 da. And I would be on her and it wasn't like hate or it wasn't, you know, hostility to her, but I would really be try to drill it to her, like, yo, go work out, spend the time it'll be good for your body, it'll be good for you. And then years pass and she finally starts to work out and I shower her with compliments, like how mm-hmm. proud I am of you working out. But in hindsight, I should have always been showering her compliments. Right. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Like, like, of course. So it's like, I feel where you're coming from, bro. Like, like, as much as it can anger you, unconditional love is sh- showing that love even when you're not, you don't feel like showing that love. Right, you know? right. Because of our own expectations on what this other person should be doing, where mm-hmm. in reality, like, it's that person's life. Like, that person gets to do what they 
say that they want to do for themselves. What I think is tough is that when we see someone self-sabotaging, mm-hmm. it's like we want to shake that person and be like, yo, like you're doing these things. How can you not see it? Mm-hmm. But in reality, if that person doesn't truly want to change, now all I'm doing is crushing my own peace. Right. Because I'm so worried about that thing that I truly have nothing, no control over. Right. Right. And it's such a... It's life. It's such a yin and a yang because it takes something like trauma or like a death to really like that was the f- enlightenment for you. Like that literally changes your whole path of like how your yeah. life, your life yeah. changes at that point. And, yeah. and, and it took that for you to really, you know, pivot and, and, and make a, you know, 180 and mm-hmm. go a completely different route. So that happens. And, and how do you deal with that trauma? First of all, when it happens, are you, are you looking to educate yourself on how to deal with it? Or are you just kind of going through the motions as it comes or like put me in that, in that time for you in 2016, like a year after it happens, like what, what are you? Yeah. So, well, I'll say this, like right after it, when it happened, you know, like, like I believe most men are kind of taught, bro, I was just super stoic about it. But like I mm-hmm. took all those emotions, I shoved them down. Like, like, I don't know if you remember how it was after my mom passed away, but like I was having regular conversations with people right after I was hanging out after, um, I would talk about it very matter of factly. And in reality, like I was feeling crushed. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where, because I wasn't secure in, you know, what it is supposed to mean to be a man. Right. Mm-hmm. And not be able to show emotion or express emotions. I would just shove all that stuff down. And then when it's me by myself and I'm at home, well, then I'll spend the, that, that hour like crying and releasing it and getting that mm-hmm. energy out. And what I realized when we fast forward a year later, man, I just took a deep dive into personal development. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things I did is that I took a life coaching certification through the Human Potential Institute. Mm-hmm. And it's a year long program. And it's so funny because within that program, not only are you learning all of these different skills around active listening, around compassion, around emotional intelligence, around you know how to better eat, how to better sleep, how to better take care of yourself overall, you're actually practicing it and getting coached by others. Mm. So it was interesting, like, you know, during that same time when my mom passed away, that's when I was still getting like really learning about like nutrition Mm -hmm. and how to like properly eat. And Mm -hmm. as I was doing all these things for myself, I started realizing like, damn, this is making a huge difference in my life. And like, I would just try to share it with everybody. Like, bro, it was crazy. When I first learned how to like eat differently and I look back at it, I was trying to put everybody on that thing like it was a religion. Yeah. I was like knocking on your door like, hey, have you heard about the power of organic food today? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it wasn't yeah, that was, bad, but it was that bad. Yeah, and, you was you eating know. like organic fucking, you was drinking, I mean, you still like boil your water and shit, right? Yeah, and you know, we got the aqua true filter, but yeah, that's a different talk story. Your shit, talk your shit. <laughs> but, but, you know, I say all that to say like, man, when I was going through these changes and not a lot of the people around me were, I had a time where I felt very alone in it. Where I was like, mm-hmm. all right, like, am I wilding? Am I doing too much? Like, is the shit I'm about, like, weird? Mm-hmm. Because no one else is about these things. And it wasn't until I joined that coaching certification where I realized, like, wow, this is a community of people who are just like me. And because of that, that actually gave me the courage to, like, open up and, like, really talk about things that were going on. Because mm-hmm. really all coaching is is helping people get very clear on where it is that they want to go where mm-hmm. they're currently at and what's mm-hmm. getting in the way, right? And there's so much that goes into that, like, 
yeah. what's getting in the way part. Yeah. But most people don't want to talk about it. So through that process, I got to talk about those things. And as I started to talk about it, as I started, you know, eating better and just focusing on like my mental and emotional and spiritual health. No, that's what I was going to ask you. Is, is things at, got better. At, at, yeah. At this time, you know, dealing, you know, after your mom's death mm-hmm. and you're go- you going to this certification program, are you learning the emotional side of it? Like how to deal with your emotions yeah. and the, the yeah. stop suppressing it and things. Around? Right. So like one part, like, like huge things that I learned from there, like one, the power of meditation. Right. Mm. So like that was a practice that I started in, you know, 2015, late 2015, early 2016. And I've been doing now daily for over five years. But I learned it then. And that practice of sitting still focusing on my breath allows me to really feel when I do have a shift and like, oh, Mm -hmm. I am getting angry. Okay, now I have the tools to actually catch it and now make a different choice. Oh, okay, I am feeling sad. Okay, like. What happened? What value is getting gives you, on? Bro, yeah. I agree with you, bro. Meditation is the, the biggest tool you can have for, for life. Like, it gives you that buffer time between, like, like um, uh, uh, boom, when the incident happens and your reaction. It gives you that space to really think about what, instead of just being a slave to your reaction. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a huge difference between reacting and responding. Right, like reacting is that like subconscious something happens, boom, and I just quickly someone cut you off on the street and you're fucking and uh, what flipping them the bird, trying to cut them off, yeah. going crazy, right? Yeah, it's all that. That's reacting versus responding. Is like someone says something, like someone could say something crazy to me, Casey, and like depending on who it is, yeah, yeah. but like more times than not, it's like I'll hear it and like yeah, I might get triggered in that second, but I'll catch myself get triggered and then I can. Yeah, and then be like, all right, I'm on to the next. Yeah. Like, I'll immediately, you know, I'll immediately frame it as like, damn. So, what are you going through right now? Oh, you know 100%, what I mean? Like, like 100. I mean, that's facts. Because whenever, however, someone acts towards you, is a reflection of them. Yeah, it has literally nothing to yeah. do with you. That's why, like, I love when people are like, oh, when he did this, it made me feel, or when he did this, it made me. I'm like, well, he. They don't did ha- those things, but he didn't make you do anything. Yeah. You chose to feel that way. Exactly. Not to make you wrong or bad, right. but understanding like everything you do is a choice. Like claim your power. Right. The minute you say that, oh, well, once she did that, then I felt this way and I did this. And it's like, now you just gave all your power to her. Yeah. She had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right. It's all perspective, bro. You get cut off. You want to kill somebody. Then you pull up and you realize it's like a little old lady and you're like, bro, I just wanted to kill that person. Like, bro, it's a little old lady, bro. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, yeah. And here's the thing, like the like the crazy wild thoughts and emotions that we feel oh, that's a part of the human experience like right. i'm not saying like yo when you start meditating those thoughts just never come up ever again right like nah they come up but you might not recognize them and say like oh that's a fact you learn or to like, observe oh. them right exactly you get to look, oh okay there's that thing yeah and then if you decide you want to attach to it make it a fact make it the truth that's like, yo, you. I just got cut off. Damn, I really want to kill. I, I'm having thoughts of wanting to kill this person for cutting me off. I'm wallet. Like, right. that's the difference between, like, actually becoming the thought and wanting to kill someone. Exactly. You know I mean? like, exactly. Bro. And then, so, you know, you got, you, you have a very holistic approach to, to the way you do things. And, you know, and that comes from, like you said, your, 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 your mom, you know, the standard American diet, the, OIP, the medicine, the, 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 the produced you know, over, you know, exaggeration of using opioids and, and things of that nature. And, you know, you've done things, which is, you know, one of the things which is always interesting to me, and we can dive into this right now, is that you even got into the ayahuasca psychedelic thing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, our generation, they're looking at it as, you know, 
potential to be like a super medicine, you know, yeah, it's and, a powerful tool. Yeah. And, and so you did the whole, and for the people listening, if you want to explain what ayahuasca is, it's a psychedelic kind of like, yeah, a well, ayahuasca is a, it's a sacred medicine typically found in the Amazon. It's a tea that's brewed uh, from mm -hmm. a certain root. Right. And one of the active ingredients in it is DMT, but then there's a host of other different, um, just natural things in there that give you this experience of like, God, it's one of these things where so words don't really give me yeah, justice, like yeah. the experience of it. But it's, for, the, for the people listening, it would be comparable to like, you know, do, taking a psychedelic like shrooms or, or like you said, DMT and, and these things can rewire, you know, the rewire your brain like permanently. It's, it, it can do five years of therapy in one experience, people say. And yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very powerful. It's medicine at the end of the day. Like right. that's how I view it. If you use it exactly, if you use it the right way, it's like All anything right. you could use it destructively, you know, yeah, and, and it's and a tool. Yeah. Right. It's like, I could, I can have this hammer. I can build a beautiful home with it or I can kill somebody with it. Yeah. It's, it's not the hammer in itself. That's bad. It's all depend on what I'm doing with it. Right. Right. It's the same thing with plant medicines, right. Mm -hmm. And psychedelics. So like, you know, a lot of times people's experience of mushrooms, it's like, you know, a high school or a college party where you're fucking, you know, drinking hella drinks and you're just wilding out and then you take some mushrooms and you might not have a good experience because you didn't use the tool properly. Right. Versus, you know, any type of psychedelic experience is all about set and setting, meaning your mindset going into it. Like, what's your intention for this? Right. Yeah. What do you want to get out of it? Right. What are you looking to get out of this? Why are you showing up with this thing? And then the other one is setting. Like, what's your environment? Like, it's going to be a lot different if I'm, you know, sitting on the beach under a nice tree, shaded, beautiful ocean, and I take a mushroom journey mm -hmm. versus if I'm like, you know, at a project X house party, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be different. It's yeah. going to be a whole different experience. So, you know, that, that was and the way I even got to that was through, you know, going through my personal development journey and like listening to different podcasts or reading different books. And then seeing all of these people who I view as really smart people, high achievers, like great people overall. And they're talking about how those modalities help them heal or help them transform or have help them grow in a certain aspect of their life then that got my attention because i'm like damn all of these different people who i really respect are talking about it in such a powerful way well because i trust those people right i want to look into it deeper damn could, could we hold that right there because i think you said something very important that now through podcasting and the technology that we have we have like for example i have a doctor that i that i really enjoy his name is peter atia yeah he's and, fire. and through listening to his podcasts it's almost like i could get to know him and be like wait through hours and hours of of listening to you speak i can now trust you I don't think no one else, we were never able to have that before. Like our parents' generation were never able to, to get to know somebody through technology, not face-to-face, -face and, and kind of be able to work a trust through them. Like the, the, the people that, you know, we see on the news, we don't know them for shit. So why do we trust them? Just because it's the yeah. news telling us? You know but what I'm saying? But it's interesting, though. People still did that, though. Right. Right? Like they would see... You know, that's why pop culture is so powerful because people would see, you know, these celebrities talking about something or if these athletes are talking about something. Mm -hmm. Right. Or even in the news, like if if uh, Barbara Walters is saying this thing, then it has yeah. to be like and we don't know shit about Barbara people. Walters. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> but again, we still trust that person and people make decisions off that. But I do agree. The podcast 
really does allow it to be just a deeper level where right. you get to just hear that person have conversations. Right. And, and be able to really judge and analyze, okay, this is a good person. This is someone I can trust. Or if they say something to the podcast, wait, you're wild and this is someone I can't trust. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it gives you that nuance to, to be able to. So, so back to the, the, the psychedelic experience that you had with ayahuasca, you were in, um, I believe with Costa Rica. No, so the first time I did it was I was 29, and this was in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this was Austin was with a, an amazing group. And, um, you know, this was after I had already had a few mushroom jersey, uh, journeys, which mm -hmm. were just unbelievable. And, like, I felt like provided a huge shift, took me to another level. So all of and I, this is coming, Danny has done, you know, multiple, has had multiple psychedelic experiences. I haven't had one, you're right. So, so I'm always very inquisitive and curious on, you know, and you haven't had any, you would say negative experiences with it, have you, or? Well, first I'll say no, mm -hmm. but then what I'll also say too, is just how do we characterize a negative experience? And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is that, you know, I've been in these settings, especially with ayahuasca where, you know, a person would have what was quote unquote, quote unquote, like a rough night, right? Mm -hmm. Or like they felt like they struggled or they went through something really tough, right? Mm -hmm. And even after that, there's a huge learning lesson there, right? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing about- They said there's like, not bad experiences, only challenging experiences. Like, it, it, could be, it could be challenging, but when I say like, it's not bad because there's always something that can be learned mm -hmm. from it. It's again, what you went, when you were saying earlier about perspective, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of times when people do have quote unquote bad experiences or negative experiences, it's because this medicine, the way it works is if you allow it to come in, it's going to show you something. Mm -hmm. that you've probably been like shoving down for a long time. So mm -hmm. imagine if you're a person and this thing pops up and it's like, damn, I've been shoving that down for 20 years. I don't want to see that shit. So you're in this experience. You're trying to make it go away, mm. but it doesn't go away. It stays there because mm -hmm. the medicine is there to show you this thing and give you the really empower you to work through it mm -hmm. because it has that ability. Mm -hmm. But what happens is people who fight it, fight it, mm. fight it, those are the ones who say that they have like a tough experience, right? That's one way. And when I say it in that specific type of example, that's someone going in with the intention of like, hey, I'm looking to heal from something. I'm looking to better learn about something. I'm looking to grow from this experience. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There's people who probably, you know, eat a bunch of mushrooms while they're drinking a bunch of alcohol and you're mixing stuff and like you feel terrible and you have like a wild mm -hmm. experience in that sense. like. Yeah. But again, that comes down to the intention and like why you set out to do it. Mm -hmm. Damn. So, and your first experience was in Austin, Texas, and then you did it in the second one was in Costa Rica. Or? So, so I've had three multiple day experiences. So the mm -hmm. first time was three nights in Austin. The second time was another three nights in Austin. And then the most recent one was back this past November, 2020, um, a week long experience. Well, the medicine was five nights in a row. Mm -hmm. What so, did you, what, I mean, cause I've always heard that you go to, you know, where was it? You said Costa Rica? Costa Rica. Is it, what was it? What were the differences like between doing it in Austin? Cause an ayahuasca experience in Austin doesn't seem, 
you know, like, cause it is from the Amazon. It's from, did you have it like a shaman and was it yeah, more of a, with the shaman? Oh, so it didn't yeah, feel like a what, Western, like, a, like, no, not at oh. all. Not at all. And don't get me wrong. That does exist, right? Where mm -hmm. people do do it like that. But my experiences were always with experienced shamans who mm -hmm. I vetted out. They vetted me out to make sure that I mm. can, you know, that I'm in the right space to, you know, take on this type of journey. And it's very professional, traditional and safe. Those were like the first two. The last one I did, um, ironically, it's in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. But this dude, uh, his name is uh, uh, Gerard Powell, right? He's the owner of Rhythmia. Uh, anyone listening, check out Rhythmia. It's, it's an amazing place. But what this guy did is he created a space where people can take an ayahuasca journey at like a luxury five-star resort mm -hmm. type of thing. Right. So like this, it's very comfortable. Like, here's the thing. A lot of people think if you want to take ayahuasca, you got to be like out in the Amazon, in the jungle, yeah. big ass mosquitoes, humid as hell. Yeah. You're hot. Like it's what, and like it can be that. And for a lot of people it's that, um, it doesn't have to be that. Right. Okay. So like the, the reason why Jerry made this type of place, cause he didn't want people who did desire to heal through this type of medicine. Mm hmm not come because they thought it was going to be an uncomfortable place physically got you right so i say all that to say that you can find all different types of settings like that setting was i did it with another 60 something people mm -hmm. my first two was with a group of like 20 right so those experiences for me were very different experiences yet they were all like transcending experiences so out of the, those three experiences that you had did one stick out to you like as the most impactful uh, off, off the top of my head, no, mm -hmm. only because, man, like every single night, every single time is like its own unique experience. Because here's the thing, I go into those things now, not really with an expectation of like what's going to happen, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I don't know mm -hmm. what it's going to be like, but at the end of the day, I know I'm safe. Right. Right. Because let, say, let's be clear, there is an absolute, like, I, I, you know, psychedelics are very healthy for you physically. I mean, not healthy, but I'm saying there's nothing wrong with an aspirin. Is You have more of a risk of a health um, complication happening with an aspirin than you do with a, a, a psychedelic. Overall, yes, but, but there are certain people, like certain populations where, like, if someone doesn't know they're, like, borderline, literally, like, schizophrenic right. is the thing. If someone's borderline schizophrenic and then they have a psychedelic experience, it can actually push them mm, right. over the I've edge, right? So that's why it's still important to, you know, get checked out. And if you're going with the right group, you mm -hmm. know, they have questions and policies and things in place to ensure mm -hmm. that you are um, capable and able to go right. through that process. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where like a lot of these things are like ancient modalities that have been used for thousands of years by like our ancestors Bro, way back they say that you know you know we're getting a little deep here but they say you know psychedelic is a main part of religion as well like there's a lot of you when you look at those paintings in churches like we're in, in the well what is it called on the glass uh, what are those called oh uh, i know you're talking uh, about like the murals or whatever yeah yeah in the churches and a lot of them have mushrooms in them in, in 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 those paintings and they say these people that have you know there's theories where these people that see god and the, they course. say that those are psychedelic experiences yeah. like, like even that that was a, whole, a big thing like yeah yeah and there's even a lot of research out there that shows that it was a lot of the religions right mm -hmm. that was trying to end the use of psychedelics because it saw that it had a lot of people 
creating their own opinions, like thinking for themselves, opening mm. up to themselves, realizing their own power within them, mm-hmm. as opposed to just the power of the church or the yeah. temple or the whatever. Right. Right. So there's like a whole, it's crazy. Like for anyone who is interested, like go into the rabbit hole of learning about like the history of a lot of these um, you know, different psychedelics, whether it's psilocybin, whether it is LSD, whether it is um, ayahuasca, DMT. you know what I'm saying? Right, DMT, peyote, like all these things. Like the majority of them have been used for a long time yeah. and used in extremely healthy ways. And then just like anything, if someone's taking it and they're not taking it in the right way, or even if they have the best intentions, but someone gave them something that's not actually what mm-hmm. they thought it was, mm-hmm. right? Just like what we see with like recreational drugs mm-hmm. all the time, right? People cutting stuff or saying right. it's one thing and it's something else. Like there's so many times where like that can happen mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important to do your research, like vet out whoever it is that you're gonna right. be working with. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what's amazing about the internet, people. Like this is a new luxury that we have that, I mean, fairly new that you can just research and, and 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 we're curious. You know what I realized about myself? I'm re- anything that pops in my head, like because I have questions that pop into my head randomly. Like, damn, like why is it that I'll go right to Google and look it up? Yeah. I, if you look at my Google history, a lot of it is just questions that I have, like just to educate myself on certain things. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, out of those three uh, experiences, is there any change in the way you maneuver in life today based off those experiences that made oh, you change? A thousand percent, a thousand yeah. percent. I mean, going back to my first ayahuasca experience. That's when I was 29. My mom passed away when I was 25. That's what literally helped me heal my relationship with my mom. And then also... Damn, four years later. Four years later. Yeah. And also the relationship with myself. Like, bro, like my company, my brand is You Can Too. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I named it You Can Too in the beginning is because of how many times I heard my mom say, I can't. Mm. Right? And it's crazy. Like, after my mom passed away, I literally held hundreds of different people reach very specific goals that they had for themselves and help them level up. But to me, in my head, I always ran this story of, oh, it doesn't matter how many people I help because I wasn't able to help my mom. Mm. So even as I was doing all this great work, it was still coming from this really negative energy, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until literally the first night I had ayahuasca, I'm laying on my mat you know, a, a beautiful Icaro, which is a, a song, was being sung. And I was like wrapped up in my blanket. And I literally could feel like I was like back in my mom's womb. Like I felt like I was a, yeah, shit, I felt like I was a baby in the womb. And then I just started thinking about and literally remembering all of these beautiful moments of how my mom did everything for me, was always a person of service, always had my back mm-hmm. and like literally just taking me back to like ver- very vivid memories of like the T-ball games, like the basketball games, like just dropping me off at town center, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like just all of these things. And I'm just like, oh my God. And what I realized is I get my love for service and to truly like help other people. I get that from my mom. Mm. Now, What I also get from my mom and I realized through the way she lived her life is that the only way I can truly give is to give to myself first and to fill my own cup because my mom never filled up her own cup first. She was doing everything she could for me, Mm -hmm. for my brother, Mm -hmm. for my dad, Mm -hmm. for different family members, for Mm -hmm. different friends, donating to random causes, Mm -hmm. yet she didn't have enough money to like pay all her bills right? or like 
man, we had so many fights as an adult because I realized how much my mom would spend money that she didn't have, yeah. right? For things that literally had nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. But then I started to realize after, like, no, she gets that or she does that because she only feels fulfilled or thinks she feels fulfilled by external validation, by having other people say thank you, Mm. right? By having other people feel like they have, like, some type of, like, need for her, Mm -hmm. right? But because she wasn't giving to herself, she was always searching for that outside validation. And I think that's something I see all the time in life where people like you know i think a big thing on social media right like so many people's validation is based off of how many likes they got how many comments how many shares where like even even before that there's so many things where it's like outside of myself like okay if i get this car then i'm gonna have these girls yeah you know what i'm saying things like that do you think that can be productive for you because i try to like relate what you're saying to me Mm -hmm. and i think to myself like damn like why did i take five years out of my life to like really study spanish you know Mm -hmm. like maybe i did do it for validation oh like you're dope for that like oh shit this is the white dude who could speak spanish like i I think a lot of it does come from that like wanting that validation from somebody else you know and then me i'm obviously really loving the culture as well but i think that wanting the validation can be at the end of the day it can be productive for you it might not be the right method but it can serve you well if that makes sense yeah well i think it can definitely serve somebody but i think it's a difference between or there's a distinction between it serving you and it running you right so what i mean by that is yeah i think it's great to have external validation but Mm -hmm. my value of myself or what fills my cup or makes me feel good can't only come from that right right so like if 90 percent of what makes me feel good is all the stuff that's in my control and then 10% is stuff I'm getting from the outside and that's working for me, mm-hmm. then great. But if it's one of those things where how I saw from my mom, it's like 100%, damn near, at least what I perceived as 100% needing to come from the outside. Well, then the second someone else isn't telling you thank you or you're not doing something for somebody mm-hmm. else, well, then it's like, well, what am I doing here? What's my purpose? Where's right. my value? Where's my worth? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and bro, like, you know me, I I only say I know what's right for me. Right. And even in my work, it's helping people find what's right for them. Right. Because I don't tell my clients like, hey, this is, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to live your life this way. You're supposed right. to live your, because that's what I tried with my mom. Right. And I realized it didn't work. Right. And that's where the flip of like really meeting someone where they're at comes. So it's helping people understand like, yo, the things that you're doing. Are you truly doing it for you? Right. Like, yeah, I think like, you know, when you relate it personally to me, like there's layer. I mean, I think this is not unique to me. This applies to everybody, but there's layers to me to where, you know, I feel like, damn, I'm not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, but I've, I've always been able to frame it in a way to like be dope then learn, be the dude who knows Spanish, be the dude. And, and, and I find ways to flip it and turn it into motivation. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it does stem from not feeling like you're good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hear what you're saying. Right. And what I would say to that is if it's working for you, yeah. then great. Keep yeah. doing it. But in the, the ways that I see it for just in my experience, the people I've worked with is that it's not going to be sustainable if we're always coming from this place of like, man, I'm just not, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not beautiful enough. Like 
we'll come back to like the body because I think it's something a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. A lot of people's self worth is based off of like the way their body looks, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm coming from an energy of like, yo, I need to lose this twenty pounds because I'm, I'm fucking disgusting. I hate the way I look. Mm-hmm. Like that is going to cause so much mental and emotional stress. Mm-hmm. And now my relationship with all of the things I do now, working out, how I recover, how I eat. It's all coming from this like energy of like lack or scarcity or not being good enough, mm-hmm. right? So now all those things start to look like chores, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the way I look at it where it's like, man, like even right now I'm in my journey. I'm like, yo, I'm going to drop 23 pounds mm-hmm. in, I said a quarter, so that's 12 weeks, mm-hmm. right? So for me right now, like that's coming from a place of one, I know I have four knee surgeries and when I'm lighter, my knees feel good. Mm. And like when my knees feel good, I can go out, play ball. I can run, I can sprint, I can be active. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to play with my kids, my grandkids in the future. That fuels me. Right. Mm -hmm. When I'm like, damn, I know my body's my temple. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I want my temple to be as optimized as possible. Mm -hmm. So that encourages me to go do all these things from a place of love and from Mm -hmm. a place of like, man, I'm excited to go do this as opposed to just being like, damn, like if I don't do this, then um, I'm terrible. Worthless. I'm worthless. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Life is crazy because like I've had one of my idols basically tell me, yo, you're not good enough. Like he's not good enough. Right. And like, thank God I'm the type of person that can find a way to frame it and, and make it work for me. Like, yo, use this yeah. as motivation to be good enough or right. to, or that's just how he feels, even though that's someone you respect. But 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 work to to. I'm just glad I'm 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 able to have that type of will to be able to frame it in a way and not just get depressed and let it destroy me and let mm-hmm. it and dwell on the negativity in it. Right. And, and it's really all how you frame anything. Like I hate to say it, but like I can f- find a way to frame any like a death. I can find a way to frame a death into something positive because that's what's best for us to do health wise for us. You know, like it can be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's a way to frame and perspective is everything. So. You yeah. know, I, I think framing things is, is, is important. Like, yeah. Where'd you learn that? Because that's not something like, you know, we don't get to like sixth grade and be like, all right, today's class is going to teach you all about emotional intelligence. Sam, and how to frame Harris, this Sam Harris, man. Yeah. Sam Harris is somebody like you got for me. There's like three people that really like I would say, bro, change my life and the way yeah. I look at shit. Peter Atia, when it comes mm-hmm. to like the physical yeah. and, and the body and nutrition and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Sam Harris, neurologist, neuroscientist when it comes to the mental. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and then you have just people like, you know, Tim Ferriss who are just well-rounded yeah. and all those type of things. And For sure. And, yeah. I mean, it's, that's the importance of having mentors. Right. right. And you can have mentors through podcasts now. You right. know, they it's don't even powerful. know who you are. We don't, we don't even know each yeah. other. They don't know you. Right. But they're a mentor to you because you can 100%. listen to them speak for three hours a, a week. Like, 100%. It's powerful, man. It's very powerful. And that's the thing, too. It's like it just in the same way you can find all of those amazing people. Well, I guess we can say everyone's amazing, but finding those specific people mm-hmm. online. There's also a host of millions of other people that mm-hmm. you can find online that might not necessarily be serving you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about the saying misery loves company, if I'm a miserable person and I want to go on and I want to listen to someone else be miserable and essentially talk about all the same things that I'm experiencing. So now I can feel right about it mm-hmm. and justified. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna go listen to that person. Right. Think about how many people do that. Right. And again, I'm not making that wrong or bad. But again, that's just what happens when we have another tool the internet Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where it can be used for really effective and efficient things and 
other things that just dig people into a deeper hole. Yeah. Damn, I want, I want to share like a story with you and see like your interpretation of it because this happened to me literally last night. Mm-hmm. And I, I was at a, a, a club and I was with two friends. I'm not going to say any names. They're DJs. One of them was actually DJing and the other one was just there. And me and this other DJ whom I respect were talking in the booth. And he goes to me, Chops, I want to I wanna, you know, talk to you about something. I'm like, what's up? He's like, bro, why are you so cocky? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what, what, I've never heard like this before. Like... Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, bro. Like some, you know, some of the DJs they're they're saying like, yo, you're a little cocky. And Eric, I'm like, okay, let me ask you this. Like, am I kind to you? Like, have I done anything? Have I wronged you? Anyway? He's like, no. Okay, am I the DJ who's all even when I'm off? I'm I'm going to other people's gigs and other clubs and showing love to them. And as soon as I get there, posting and da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah, you are that. Okay. Am I, you know, do I want what's best for everybody? And do I show like the passion through, through whether it's social media or whatever? He's like, yeah. I'm like, so what is, so these people that feel like I'm cocky, that's just how they feel, right? Like, yeah. So how can, how I carry myself make you feel away if I'm not directly being uncocky is, is, is seeing you in the club and pretending I don't see you and looking at you sideways and not wanting to address mm-hmm. you and not wanting to, or being kind to you or like talking down upon you or like, so how can I be cocky? Like, so these people are offended in just the way I carry myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it was, I don't know, bro. It, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was a sentiment that like people did like, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't I don't like the I don't I don't like the word cocky. I don't like the word because it, will, it triggered you because it has nothing to do with with our one on one relationship. Cocky is just the way I carry myself makes you feel away. Because okay. me and you, Danny, like we're the type like, and and we've always been this way ever since childhood, right? And and not everyone grew, grew up like this. But if you say you're the best wellness coach in the game, right? You should feel that way. I should feel like I'm the best DJ in the game. So I feel like we've always had this dynamic to where if you say you're the best wellness coach in the game, I'm going to tell you, talk your shit, Danny. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but there's people who are going to be like, why are you being so cocky? Mm. You know, it's like a, it's like a yin yeah. and a yang type thing. Yeah. Like, and we come from hip hop where it's a little bit, you know, braggadocious and like we, mm-hmm. but we, but that's motivation. Like that should be like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes up to me and I appreciate you sharing this. The first thing that comes up to me for me when you say this is. It's another reminder of how I have no control over what someone else thinks. Yeah. Literally, like, think about it. There's billions because, of because, people. Sorry to interrupt you, because no women have ever told me I'm cocky. Not to your no, face, at you, least. Right, right. No, right. no, no other person who's not a DJ. It's just a community of DJs think I'm cocky. Well, again, so, it's correct. one of those things. Like, I think when one, whenever there's a perceived competition involved, Right. I think that's going to skew the way people look at things. But again, it it comes down to perspective. Like you will never have control over what someone thinks of you. Right. Right. And I would say that it sounded like in my experience of you just now, like the word cocky or being called cocky was triggering. Like you felt some type of way when you heard that. Right. Right. I'm not saying for better or for worse, but right, you, right, you right, felt right. something, right? And right, then, right. It's, it's, then you started to have you well, just think being, about that. Well, being called something is, is right. By, right. Of yeah. course. And think about it. Like we, we, I think majority of us grew up with that whole, like, don't call me out my name, bitch. Yeah, what yeah, you, mean? you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, again, to me, what it comes down to is like, yo, you'll have zero control mm-hmm. over what that person said. But then to redirect it back to yourself, it's like, what was coming up for you from a values perspective 
as to why being called cocky bother you because you talked about it you're like yo every time i go to a gig i show love right right right. i'm always nice to people i'm respectful so cocky essentially impedes on those values Right. I want to be clear. Like, it, it doesn't bother me. It was just an accusation that I was trying to diffuse, like just trying to debate it, you know. But that's why the word cocky is, is, is an interesting word to me, because because can you be cocky if you're kind? Well, here's the thing, you, be, Chops, it, it, you know, there's probably every single person has their own definition of cocky. So what right. you think cocky is might not be what the other person thinks, which, cocky is, is. which is interesting because usually words have a definition to them. But this word seems to have a gray area to it. Like, is, yeah. you know. I mean, like, most shit does. Yeah. Like, what's good? What's bad? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. that was negative. Well, that was fuck- like, why? Yeah. It's all perspective, right? So yeah. there's what I would guess, because I have no idea, because mm-hmm. I don't know who the other people were. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. I didn't ask them. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine, based off what I know about human nature and emotional intelligence, is that there was something that you did, which was just you living your life. And they perceived it as something, and that they, made they, them uncomfortable or made them feel a way to be able to it, say maybe. That. maybe. It, it, I would say it made it feel some type of way. I don't know what that way was, yeah. But it might have triggered something to be like, "Oh, he's cocky," right? But again, it's like you have no like. This is where the protection to me, protection of energy comes in, because mm-hmm. I would even say the thought of like even remembering the next day, like, damn, like that person called me cocky. That. Is a disruption it's in the, the energy. Yeah, debilitating in itself. Yeah, it, there's a disruption there. And I'm not saying you're bad for doing it or right, this right. or that. But to me, there's so many things like, and it took me a long time to get there. And don't get me wrong, mm. there's still things where if someone said like, yo, Ali's this. And I'm, what or you he mean? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right, like, the, and then I, I get to catch myself and come back. But like, that's part of human nature. Like, we're going right. to feel that way. And that's why the meditation is so important and, you know, right. all those things. But so at the end of the day, like... We can we can never control what someone else says about us, and whatever someone else says, like we said earlier, it's a reflection of them, right? Not you, right? But it's truly like embodying that because even for me, it's easy to get lost into like, well, how the fuck, why the fuck you said that about me? How dare that person? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then if I'm not careful, I'll go into my head of like trying to justify why I'm not that wasting that energy and on that pointless like rabbit hole of like trying to figure something out that's just. An accusation by a rant, like, yeah. Right. Well, I needed that therapy that right there. Right? I got so, you, dog. You know, just trying to put some nah, personal stuff. Pre- and here's hey. the thing. I love that you're able to bring that to the table and actually talk about that in a mm-hmm. way that's like, okay, I want to talk about this to better understand it. As opposed to oftentimes I find people, they want to talk about something. And it's like, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. They're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. Like, fuck right. that person. And it's right. like, it ain't got to be all that. I'm so open-minded, bro. Like, I, did, I don't know if you do this, man, but I, like, really put my body through, like, tests. Like, I, for example, like, yesterday, I was like, damn, I'm driving, and I'm like, I feel really good. Nice. Like, like, I'm Shout like, out to feeling good. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> just like, like, euphoric. Like, you know, like, I'm sober. Like, I'm not high. I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm, I feel good. So then my, my mind goes, like, analyzing, like, what did I do, like, in this past 24 hours yeah, that yeah. may potentially <laughs> I can duplicate to make me feel this good? So I'm going over what I ate. I'm going through exercise. I'm going through things of that nature. And I'm like, damn. Yesterday, I did spend a really good amount of time in the sun. Like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and, and I could be wrong. I could be, but maybe that contributes to it. I did eat. Oh, I didn't eat the best. 
But I did eat this, you know, I did eat some vegetable. Okay. I was in the sunny vegetable. <laughs> I did get a good, good night of sleep. Come on. Maybe that, maybe I just need to duplicate this, you know, and I'm always running my body like through tests and these examinations. I'm going to try working out later in the day and see what happens. And I think that's important for people to do is always run your body through these tests and, and, and figure out what works for you. You know, yeah, that absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, what gets tracked gets measured. You know what I'm saying? And once something gets measured, Wait, you that actually, sounded hard, but what, what, yeah. what was it saying? So what gets tracked uh-huh. gets measured, right? And what gets measured can turn into results. Okay. Right? So if you had that experience where you're like, damn, like, I'm feeling myself, I'm euphoric, I'm feeling nice. Yeah. Then, you know, human nature, and especially like when we talk about masculine energy, mm-hmm. it's very much like logical. It's that mm-hmm. like, okay, wait, I feel this way. Well, what did I do? Right? And right, then right. starting to go into that aspect of it. Well, that's what's great about paying attention, right? That's one part. Or being mindful, yeah. Being mindful, be like, okay, I ate this way. Uh, I didn't do these drugs this time. I had this much sleep. I got this much sun. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, let me let me test that and see if I feel that way again the next day. Like, right. it's the real scientific it's, method. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You built a hypothesis, you tested it out, you got your results, and then it's like, all right, let me do that a few more times. And then over time, if I realize I keep getting this result that's working for me, right. well, shit, maybe I should keep doing those things. Right. And the opposite's also true. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you keep sabotage, you keep doing all this things. drinking every day, and I'm feeling like, shit, maybe yeah, I shouldn't be drinking as much. For sure. I keep dating these type of women, and I don't yeah. know what it is, but I don't like any of these women. It's like, well, maybe yeah. you're the common denominator. Maybe you should do something different. And it's kind of wild for me to imagine, like, because the majority of people are like this, like, maybe they feel like shit and they don't try to improve on, like, trying to figure out why they feel like shit or, or they felt good and what can I do to feel better? You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. exercise makes me feel good. So I'm going to make sure I exercise. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dig deep and try to find out why. I'm feeling like shit or why I'm feeling good and try mm-hmm. to like do, but I guess some people are just are not mindful and they just sit in that. This is just how I feel, I guess. And I mean, I, man, there's so many different combinations of it, but from what you're saying, what comes up for me is how at the end of the day, like people have a certain level of comfort, right? Mm-hmm. And understand like having comfort isn't necessarily comfortable, right? So they'll do these things. Wait, wait, say, okay. So I'll, having I'll comfort that. Right. Isn't really comfortable. Unpack that. Right. So what I mean by that is I could be doing something that I know is not good for me. Right. Like, all right, I probably shouldn't drink three glasses of wine a night. Um, you eat know, donuts I probably and- shouldn't eat donuts. You know, I should probably exercise more. You know, all the shoulds. Mm-hmm. Right. Shoulds and shouldn'ts. But at the end of the day, it's not until a person hits one of two things, a big enough rock bottom Mm-hmm. Or they have such a big like dream or love or goal that they're actually going to change. So a person can be self-sabotaging for a long time mm-hmm. and doing all these things that aren't serving them. Yet it's not uncomfortable enough to actually do something. Right. It's only when it becomes so uncomfortable. But wouldn't the the, the thought of wanting to be more comfortable make them want to change? Not In my right. opinion, right? This, like like I could feel better. Like I'd love to feel better. So why? I mean, I, I gr- it would be great if it was that, yeah. that, see, here's the distinction between simple and easy. It is that simple. Like, yeah. oh, okay, like I want to do better. Yeah, I guess the change would be tangibly doing something better. Yeah. It's very simple. It's not confusing. Right. But it's not easy because if a person's been doing this other thing for the last five years, right. it's, for some most people, it's not as easy as like, all right, today I'm going to do it differently. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like for me, in my example, 
the only way like it took me to really like change and even focus on like my personal development at that level is because my mom died mm. right like if my mom didn't die when she did Trauma, I don't know. Tra- trauma's gonna change. Yeah, yeah. it can. Right. Right. And don't get me For wrong. For the worst like, too. I mean. Right. And here's the thing: a lot of people go through a lot of trauma, and it doesn't change them until the trauma's big enough. Like, unfortunately, I've had people that I work with where the only reason they come to work with me is because you know their doctor said like, "Hey, if you don't change something, we're gonna put you on this blood pressure medication," mm. or "Hey, if you don't change this type of thing, like you're about to have diabetes, like you're pre-diabetic right now." And because they heard those things, and those things were bad enough to them they're like well fuck, i don't want to take these pills or i don't want to be diabetic now i'm going to change mm-hmm. right but there was clues probably years before that right where they could have changed but because that they you haven't ch- got- you felt like shit and chose to ignore you feeling like shit or the signs that your body was giving you right your body's always talking to you your right. mind's always talking to you Right. Even when we talk about anxiety and depression, like that, that's your mind and body talking the, to you. The, I, maybe it comes down to that, that people don't realize that their body is talking to them. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. People people don't know what they don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like if a person is going through these things and people are telling them or they think it's common, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, no, I'm supposed like it's 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 common to feel bad, like mm-hmm. pretty often or like it's common to like every saturday night blackout or it's common to any of these things right, right. right that even i've experienced because something's common doesn't mean it's normal right right yet we act like it's normal and we're just like nah i see it all around me everyone else is doing it like it ain't that bad mm-hmm. or, or the classic like well sure at least don't have the bad as this guy yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and that's why the whole comparison thing is like it's such a farce right like yeah it's really focusing on ourselves but you know, I tell anybody, like, if you really want to make a change in your life, the first thing is you got to be super clear on why you want to change. Right. Because, and if it's not something that's big enough, you're not going to make the change. Right. And then conversely, if you don't have something that like, like a big dream or like a, a huge goal that like just inspires you so much to make that change or to go after that thing, then do you have a big enough nightmare where it's mm-hmm. like, damn, if the potential of this thing potentially happening to me is like right. so bad like there's no way i would allow that to happen so i'm gonna make a change because of that thing right right either one of those can motivate somebody to move right in um you know a more effective direction for right. themselves but most people are very unclear on what it is that they really desire right, right. or who it is that they want to be and it's the old saying like if you don't know if you don't have a destination any road will get you there Mm-hmm. right so people have no destination in their life and they're just going along for all these different rides and it's kind of just whatever right it's a gift and a curse to feel whatever too sometimes it's good to just self perception yeah maybe you know so let, let's go to this controversial topic you know giving your your holistic approach to um to nutrition and to, and to health in general how do you feel about this vaccine man because there's two there's two sides of it right there's one that's like you know how could we deny the latest technology this is you know and you have the other side of it which is you know this was developed kind of quick and and what is your what is your take on the whole vaccine yeah i mean what i think it ultimately comes down to is a person having the utmost trust in the decision that they make so like whatever your decision is, if you have like the utmost trust and you feel amazing about that decision, and you feel like you did everything within your power that gives you like the utmost like confidence to make that decision, mm-hmm. then go for it. I know for me, I know how I treat my body. 
mm-hmm. I know what my body is capable of, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I'm not going to take the vaccine because mm-hmm. I don't feel like the benefit is there for me right. in that way. Like that you're at risk for. No. Right. No. Like if I get, right. like I'm of a, I am of the belief that if I get COVID, I'll Shake have it. symptoms and then I'll recover. Right. So do you apply that to like, you know, like for example, you have um, like technology and and health when these things combine, like there's, you know, I forgot where I, where I heard this, but you know, they're starting to genetically create meat, for example, things of that nature that is natural, not natural meat, hmm, right. but they're creating it with the same exact nutrition value and the same things like are you for technology uh are you for the progression of technology when it comes to food and and because i think we're we're gonna get into this space soon in 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 human existence to where we're starting to fuck with food as far as like mm-hmm. scientifically and, and modifying food genetically with right. steps been doing that yeah yeah i mean yeah how do you feel about that like what like I mean, again, for me, it's one of these things where it depends what we're doing. Because I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I'm sorry. To inter- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. they're saying like that. You know, like it's not sustainable with the amount of meat. Like, there's not enough cows. It's it's they're saying that we need a new approach because it's it's fucking up the you know global warming. You know, mm-hmm. meat producing meat, and and so they're trying to find alternatives to to create meat that is as close as it can be to meat, but just not have the, the negative qualities to it. Are you for that? Like trying to scientifically recreate something? Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for lab created meat for that. Okay. I'm not for what I will say. And this is what's interesting to me about like technology again, a tool, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we using this technology to do and to advance? Like for me, there's certain things that are like old school methods that would be super effective right now. So when I say that, specifically like regenerative farming. Mm-hmm. Like there was a way that before all of this industrial farming happened, so when we talk about like big farm, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And all mm-hmm. of that, big agriculture, factory, farming, so factory like farms, like monocropping, like, you know, acres upon acres upon acres of like just corn or right. just wheat, right? Right. See, with regenerative farming, what happens is, and in the most simplistic way I can put it, is the way that you would rotate the different things that you were planting, right? And the way that you were farming like the animals, right? And you'd have the cows out there grazing, you have the sheep grazing and all of that. That actually kept the soil fertile Mm -hmm. and you're able to keep growing different things. Because once say the tomatoes were done growing, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was that season for that. Then you're going to rotate the tomatoes over there to this other spot. And now you're going to grow this new thing here. And that's what kept the soil healthy, Mm -hmm. right? And then same thing with the animals, right? So there is a way, I believe, where we can go back to that regenerative farming nature and use the technology to make that more efficient and effective. Mm -hmm. Now, what I think happens with a lot of technology is that if we get too far into something without still adhering to like, what are the classic tried and true things that are truly good for the planet and mm-hmm. the people? If we completely lose that for just the technology, that's when I think things become like really ineffective, right? right? And they don't work. So like right now, because of all the monocropping, right? There's a lot of land that's literally like 
it's just dead land. You can't use it no more. So all these parts of the earth that we used to be able to grow a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables and all these different things, nothing grows there no more mm -hmm. because the monocropping style killed that land, mm -hmm. right? And now when it comes to like meat consumption and things like that, Biden is saying like he wants. Do you see what he said? He's like, we, I don't he listen wants to much that he says. But he, yeah, yeah, no, me either. Him but, or Trump, for right? right. Watching, want to put me in a box. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, no. Basically, saying like you know, like we got to eat like a burger's worth of red meat a month, like some wild shit like that. But I, I get what his intention is because there is a problem. There's a problem with with not consuming red meat. I don't believe in that health, right. you know. But I'm talking about just global like sustainability to create meat well, well i don't even think that it's it's just the way that we how much we're consuming but more so like how are we producing it you know what i mean and if we're producing it in a way that's not sustainable and killing the land then like yeah it's not good like anything when it comes to like the earth you know what i'm saying people are always saying like yo we got to think about the planet we got to think about the planet we're killing the planet we're killing the planet in reality we're killing ourselves like mm -hmm. humans will be gone before the planet's gone, mm -hmm. right? Part of the planet healing itself would literally be to get rid of all the humans so that humans right. or everything aren't doing things to it mm. so that it can take millions of years again or however, I don't know how long it would take to regenerate itself and then it will come back and it will sustain life again and it would right. do its thing, right? So to go into your technology question again, man, I think it comes down to intention like what right. is our intention for this thing i think a lot of people i think have the, the right intention yeah i think the intentions start out good but then it turns into like capitalism and money and well, how I mean, much at we the end of the day every that. every business is in like the number one um objective of every single business is to make money right because if you can't make money then your business shuts down right right so i believe there is a way to have uh you know conscious capitalism right that's a term buddy non-profit type shit yeah, yeah but not even non-profit no i wouldn't even say that i would say like for you can have a for-profit great product service whatever that can make a ton of money and help a ton of people and be good for the planet it's just i think the way most people think is it's a very scarcity based economy right mm -hmm. and the way that economy is taught it's like there's a finite amount of resources, mm -hmm. and it's like if if there's there's ten dollars there, if I don't take that ten dollars, well then Casey's gonna take the ten dollars, right. and now I don't have it, right? Right? Or right. like in reality, like if we really look at the world, like the world is so abundant, yeah, and it's like you can take abundance from abundance, and abundance would still be there, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we don't see it that way, right? Mm. You know, it's very much even if I had to think about it in my scope of work, like, bro, there's so many people out there who are unhealthy that. Whether they get helped by me, whether they get helped by my boy Marty, by Brandon, you know what I'm saying, by Paul Check, by Matt, but like, you know, all these different people, that's amazing because there's so many people that need that. And I know I can't work with everybody. Right. And even if I think about it in your type of work, like I can see it being tough where it's like, okay, I perceive it that there's only so many gigs right. every night in Miami and Broward and whatever specific spot. So like if I don't get that spot then that means I'm not going to eat and I'm not right. going to have this. I'm not going to have that. Right. We're like, if this, if this DJ prospers, that's, that means it's the downfall of me. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Whereas like when someone flips that and they realize like, man, when I'm taking care of everything I need to do to be great at my craft on a, um, and like a practical and also like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for where you're not like trying to sabotage nobody else. Like, right. a, like a really, uh, Whatever you're not trying to say, right? Yeah, in yeah. an honest, you know, clean way, mm -hmm. then like 
you're going to be straight. You're going to prosper. Right. But what I think a lot of people do is that they're worried about, damn, who's making moves around me? Mm. And are my moves up to par with their moves? Now we got to call them cocky. Like, it shit is crazy. You know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And then, yeah. I've always been the person where, to me, like, one plus one equals three, bro. Like, if me and it you can. are both DJs or me and you are both bonus coaches, like, let's collab, bro. Of course. That's like, like why do we got to be competition, bro? We yeah. can find ways to, but people are not. People are not comfortable with themselves. No. That, and it's not, and for most people, it's not their fault. It's the mm. way that their condition is where they're mm. brought up. You know what I'm saying? Like most people, they learn from either their mom, their dad, their teacher, mm-hmm. their religion, their school. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, they ain't teaching people how to think their own thoughts and how to really decide what's good for them yeah. and, you know, why it is that they do that they do and how do they truly want to live their life. And it's not until I believe a person does that work and they're clear on like their personal values, their professional values and their relationship values, all the things that make them happy. It's going to be real easy for everyone and anything else to influence you as mm. opposed to what it is you truly desire. As far as you and your and your personal goes, you want where do you see yourself in five years, bro? Because, you know, me and you were the same age, you know, 32 years old and, you know. It's not like our parents' generation to where they were, you know, married and having kids already. It seems like our generation seems to be a little more delayed when it comes to that. And I think we're going to live longer. Like, I do. So that delay doesn't necessarily bother me as much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how do you feel about, you know, you, you, you have a girlfriend, right? And yeah, fiance now. Fi- yeah. Oh, that's right, bro. Yeah. Forgive me, bro. Oof. Shit, fiance. So good. I am mad. She sorry. might feel some type of way, though. Yeah. Know. But you have, you've always had, like, an, an ortho, like, as far as your your perspective on health and as far as your, I guess unorthodox isn't the right word, but you've always had a holistic alternative approach to things. Mm -hmm. So do you take those beliefs into relationships and and things of that nature? Like how do you frame your relationship and how do you, you know, what, what about your relationship would is different than the traditional, whether or not Mm. American relationship. (laughs) Right, right, right. Now, that's a good question, man. I think the biggest difference in my relationship is the level of communication that we have. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I wasn't able to be in a really, like, flourishing, like, consciously loving relationship because of my relationship with myself, mm-hmm. right? So, if I had all my insecurities in the past and, you know, I wasn't, tr- I didn't really know where I was going you know, professionally and things like that, there was no way I could really entertain a partner and give her everything that she requires. Damn, I relate to that, bro. Keep going. Yeah. So what happened for me is that, man, in the last, I would say like three, four years, I got so clear on who I am and how I want to experience my life Mm -hmm. that once I had that level of clarity and I felt so great about myself, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I can definitely bring somebody in at this point. And it was like, boom, right at that, like, point is when Alejandra and I met Mm -hmm. and what I think is dope about our relationship is that we're both able to keep it real with ourselves first and then to each other Mm -hmm. as well right so she understands like within our relationship like she gets to take care of her needs I get to take care of my needs Mm -hmm. and then from that space it allows us to take care of the needs of the relationship right Mm -hmm. it's basically focusing at this I level and making sure that individually we're good so that we can prosper at the we level. Got you. Right. I share that same belief as far as like 
it never seems like I got my shit together. You know what I'm saying? And it always like, damn, when I get my shit together, then I'll be open to being in a relationship. Do you know, you know what, what getting your what getting your shit together looks like for you? Like, what does that tangibly it, mean or it, look like? Exactly. I haven't even really thought about it. Like, getting your shit together to where, like, what? Like, you know what it is? And, 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 and I think you can relate to this because we're both entrepreneurs and we don't, we work for ourselves. It, it always seems like it could just, like, if we had a nine to five, we know our job's going to be there tomorrow. You know, it's, we, we, we have security. Well, we, shit, that shit went out the window in 2020 for people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it, it seems when you have, like, a job that you're not worried about getting fired from as easily or, like, you don't have to hustle for your money, it seems like you could breathe a little easier. But for people like us, we're, we're, we're having to go out and get our work. We're having to, so it doesn't always seem, it always seems like, it, like shit is not together. Like there's no security, and maybe that's just what we do. Is like there's no security in what we do. Maybe that's just something to accept. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to perspective again. Yeah. Like for me, what the way I look at like my work and like having my shit together, it's basically this idea that like I know I can create something and be able to bring money in. Right. Like I feel like I could put together a group coaching program with ten spots, and I sell each spot for fifteen hundred dollars, and I'm going to fill that up. Right. in the matter of two, three months and right. know that I can do that. But I think that's the confidence of me knowing what I'm capable of mm -hmm. and also using my past experiences and successes as proof that it's possible. To keep right? it going. To keep it going. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think there might be some entrepreneurs where, and I've been here, like I've been in the spot yeah. of like, fuck, like, okay, I just made 12K this month. But then the next month I made $1,500 and it's like, damn, like there's so much variance in what comes in that used to like keep me up at night in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But then once I started to get clear on, you know, what we're talking about a little bit offline of like lag measures and lead measures and mm -hmm. like having basically known like, okay, if I have 10 discovery calls and I know I close on 35% of my calls that I have with people, well, then I know that if I have 10 calls a month and that generates three clients, then I'm going to make 15 grand. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So like, because I can frame things in that type of light now, it's like, okay, I have the confidence to go do it. Now, what I get to make sure is that like, I put in the work. Right, right, right. right? right. There was times before where I'm just sitting there like, damn, like, how am I going to get this next client? And I'm just thinking and not doing anything and not believing in my ability to go do it. So fuck, yeah, like no no clients come. So yeah. it's like, I'm a big proponent of the law of attraction, right? But that's only part of it, right? So people that know the law of attraction, it's like, okay, if I think it to be, it's gonna come. That's just the first step. Once you truly believe and embody that it's gonna come, now it's like the law of gestation. I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna put into action, right? Or I'm gonna do the things, I'm gonna plant the seeds and I'm going to follow the law of action to actually make it happen, right? And not just think. So my whole thing is like, all right, as an entrepreneur, I know that I get to do these specific steps. And if I do those steps, which are in my control, it's going to work then out. I'm secure. Right. Right. Exactly. Damn. So, okay. So you do feel like you have your shit together at this point. Like, it, yeah. like you would say. I would say this is the best I've ever felt about. Your all career. the major domains of my life yeah career personal relationship mm. health like mm. community mm. like this is just leisure time like mm. all the aspects of life 
Because here's the thing. I know a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, who make a ton of money, right? Like they might have millions of dollars, mm-hmm. but they can't enjoy that million of dollars because they're so stressed about like, damn, am I going to lose that money? Right. Or like, how am I going to bring that am I gonna keep, money back yeah. in, right? Or there's also people who, if it's not that, it might be that they're so emotionally right. ill, physically ill, whatever that they right. can't even go enjoy. Right that money that they're making right because at the end of the day money is energy that's how i look at it right it's like if i'm putting enough value out into the world right the way that that gets reciprocated my energy is through this energy of currency right Mm -hmm. whether it's you know the dollar a yen a bitcoin like whatever like that's what i'm getting and then it's with that that i get to put that energy into the parts of my life that i love like i'm going to alaska in june that's going to be lit I'm able to do that because I have what money. Though? You can drop that on me like casually. Yeah, going to Alaska. Alaska. I'm trying Hold to do on. some whale hunting or not hunting, but watching. Hold on, dog. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. go back to that. But you know, me and you, I think you're you're somebody who you know you'd be good whether you're in a relationship or not. You know. Yeah. I believe I'm I'm the same. So, what are some things that like you know you spent most of your 20s you know single? What are some things and and in your 20s, I'm sure you 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 thought to yourself, I could be single and take care of myself. I'm good. I don't need to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. What are some things once you did get into a relationship that helped you, like helped yeah. you? You like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I love about Ale is that she gives me another perspective. Like, even if I'm not careful, no matter how aware I am, I still see life from my perspective, right? Mm. So, because she's somebody that I trust so much and that I know has my best interests at heart and all of that. Like she can point something out to me and I can be like, oh shit, I didn't see that. Yeah. And now that just gave me a whole new awareness or perspective on a situation mm-hmm. that, you know, I get to go work on or go after. Gotcha. So that's one part of it. And then the second part too, I think, uh, you know, life is meant to be enjoyed with other people. Like we are tribal beings and I'm not saying that I, I only, yeah. And I don't think it only has to happen with like a partner, a relationship, yeah. but it's like, yo, there's, there's a huge like difference I've experienced of going on a trip solo versus going on a trip with my partner and and we're experiencing this amazing experience together. I agree. And I think the times that we're in given technology, we're able to have a tribe and create a tribe so much. You can have a virtual tribe. Absolutely. And, and so now we're at a time where you really don't need a partner. You know what I'm saying? Like your tribe could be anybody regardless of gender, regardless Mm -hmm. of quantity of how many people it is. So yeah, I just want to dig into that more. Like, yeah. what are some things, the benefits of having a partner as opposed to just a tribe? Like, what are, right. what, what, you know, because I tend to be, you know, individualistic. I've always been that way my whole life. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I tend to think that, like, damn, if I have a partner, I mean, this is maybe not a positive perspective to have, but I always tend to think, damn, if I have a partner now, her problems become my problems and it's just more problems to deal with and more things to fix and more, you know what I'm saying? But maybe I'm wrong and not looking at the positives in it that you have more whatever the opposite of problems are, you know, like <laughs> solutions. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm more saying. money, more solutions. <laughs> it's kind of hard. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I, I just feel like it's simpler and easier. I tend to believe, you know, I've tend to believe that throughout my twenties, you know, like just good single and, and yeah. So back to my question to you, like, mm-hmm. what are some other things that like, certain reflections and certain epiphanies that you had like oh shit now that i have a partner this is better for me like this having a partner or uh, yeah it's a good question i mean i feel like to me you know i come to the mindset of like i'm perfect and whole and complete 
mm-hmm. all by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I actually heard this from uh, John Gray. You ever heard of John Gray, the author? Mm-hmm. He's he's the dude, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. He's okay. the author of that. And well, I heard him on a podcast. It might have been with Tim Ferriss. I forget who it was with. But this always stuck with me. This is when I, I was single when I heard this. He said, a man's job or a woman's job isn't to make their partner happy. It's to make them happier. Right. Meaning that I know I'm good, like, by myself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm happy. I'm at peace with myself. Like, I feel like I'm mastering, like, me. Mm-hmm. And because I'm at that point, I'm able to bring another person like on the journey with me or like we get to combine our journeys mm. and like just experience all these different aspects of life mm-hmm. in a different way. Like at the end of the day, like we were, I believe we were put here to like procreate. Like that's one of like the main things that's still woven into our DNA. That's a fact. Like, right. It's, it's, it's woven into our DNA. So I think part of that is that's like, really like when you break it down, that's really our only, uh, uh, meaning in life really like yeah, it's, it's just to procreate main... that's the only thing that this earth cares about is that we just procreate all that other shit is just man-made yeah, stuff expectations that human, yeah, and like yeah. things that human makes up that's what's yeah. what's incredible about is we make up all types of shit right yeah. but yeah so it's one of these things like for me it's like all right i know i want to have a family like i want to have kids mm-hmm. like can't do that by myself like i don't know maybe the technology a couple years can you? you can but i, I don't want to thompson and be a single father out here yeah bro. and that's powerful too like i mm. think that's amazing right so i think you know for me it's like i want to you know create offspring i want to do it with a woman i love like i look mm-hmm. at like bro i was my mom's a single mom like mm-hmm. my mom and dad weren't together like mm-hmm. i didn't see the example of what it looks like to have you know a, a quote-unquote man of the house mm-hmm. right or have a a healthy relationship mm-hmm. i didn't see none of that so like this is one of those examples of like trauma turning into triumph like mm-hmm. i didn't have that so that's something i know i really want to impart like on my son on my daughter i want to have a family i want to teach them things like i want to see them like prosper and live their life and do the things that make them happy mm-hmm. right and go after all the experiences like fall down learn from falling get up dust themselves off keep going and I know that comes with having an amazing partner for me personally right, in my right, life, right. right? So I would say that's the biggest thing. And like, honestly, like if I had to put it as simply as possible, me being in a relationship is me experiencing all the joys of life with someone by my side consistently. Mm, mm, damn. So I'm sure you've taught her a bunch of things. What are some things that she taught you? Like, damn, like put me on. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, I think she taught me a lot about organization she's like an extremely like mm. i'm a visionary i'm like yo get me from here to the moon yeah now nah, like i'm ready one leap yeah and she's very much like all right well if you try to go a to z like well here's b here's c here's d here's right. e like here are all the things that you get to do to get there and i'm like oh word okay I can honestly i'm definitely things. gonna need a partner like that that's yeah. gonna keep me like organized and right like- and another thing like the importance of family like her family is man they're so close-knit you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and like me getting to experience my first christmas with them two years ago was like unbelievable i'm just like damn just to see a close-knit family who are like ride for each other die for each other like about each other like mm-hmm. laugh together like cry together just all the things i'm like damn like That's- i didn't really have that but i would i know 
Like I see the beauty in that, and I don't know if I would have saw that beauty without. That's one thing I think you know. Me and you have that same friend to where like that's something I always saw the beauty in, which is why every holiday I would love to go to you know Jamie's crib. Yeah, like huge Colombian family. Oh yeah, kids running around everywhere. Like it's a big tribe. You see like the strength in the tribe as you get older. You're like, damn, bro, that'd be amazing to have. You know, right? Like, yeah, I gotta get started soon. I mean, like you said, we live in longer. You know what I'm saying? You yo, I think they said like if the if if the life ex life expectancy continues to go with the trend that it's going mm-hmm. then me and you should be living to like 110 or some shit like that like no, i think a low-key like no bullshit i think i got 120 in me like for sure for yeah. sure like you know god forbid i get hit by a bus something crazy happens yeah. like yeah i'm gonna be here for a minute yeah. and like when i say live for a long time too i ain't trying to be like 110 can't move and can't do nothing like yeah. i'm trying to be active until the day i go yeah and that's why i eat the way i do i sleep the way i do i meditate i do all the things because I'm clear on like what I want my life to look like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to be in Alaska whale hunting. Yeah. yeah. Really whale seeing. I don't know. I guess that primal nature me had me say hunting, but I ain't trying to hunt no whales. That's gotta be some shit nah, that, like, that's some Moby Dick shit other, that your uh, significant other brings up. Like is she the, the, the vacation planner? Oh uh, hell planner. I just show up. Yeah. That's I a, show up and <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> like, the, I love it. That's see, that's the great thing about having women around. Women will plan some shit, boy. Yeah, like yeah. me and you, like to get the guys together for a fucking football game is a mission. Like oh, on some goodness. last minute shit, right. you know, but girls will be like, girl. May thirteenth, next Friday, like <laughs> seven thirty eight p.m. We yeah, like we're good. We got we got the mimosas planned already. We're gonna do that from two to four. Then at four fifteen, you know, the 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 ride is about thirteen minutes. So we're gonna get there at four thirty, and then we're gonna, like, bro, like they they're meticulous. Yeah. Like that's one of the beauties in women for sure, for sure. But why Alaska? Tell me, like, was this your idea? Yeah, it was my idea. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: my boy Cody lives in Alaska, right? So he's a traveling uh, PT. So I've been lucky in my life to just meet all different types of people who just happen to live in some fire places. Yeah. So he's about to leave there I mean, soon. It's Alaska fireplace. Metaphorically. Okay. It's probably pretty cold. Yeah. I hear. Not this time of year though. It's about yeah. to warm up. But anyways, it's one of those things where like, bro, I didn't have my love for the outdoors or just like nature and a bunch of crazy. Bro, we live in flat ass Florida, and I love Florida. Yeah. Love me some sand. Yeah. I love me some salt water. Like shout out to the Atlantic Ocean, all that. Yeah. But like mountains. Yeah, that shit is amazing. And I remember the first time I seen some mountains in Costa Rica. I'm like, for me. yo, yeah. amen. It's like, yo, I need to be out, and I want to experience all these different places. So if I got someone that stays there, then I'm staying with them. That like, means like, but, are you gonna like do the shit where like dive into a little ice hole and shit, and like show into? You gotta ask like, Alejandra. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if she planned that one yet. That yeah. sounds all right. Damn, that's crazy. Where yeah. else is like on the bucket list for you? Cause you, you're well traveled. You definitely are well traveled. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've been uh, grateful. I'm grateful to you know have hit so many different places, man. I definitely want to hit Bali. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. unfortunately, like, like India's getting hit crazy with a, a second wave of COVID. But I see myself hitting all that like Southeast yeah. Asia, all through that yeah. area. Haven't done a lot of Europe, so I want to hit Europe as well. Um, yeah, those are like the two big ones, top of my head. <laughs> I'm trying to hit up soon. Yeah. You got a Columbia trip plan? Yeah. <laughs> See, yo, yo, this is the thing. Yeah, asshole. Yo, this is the thing. Me and Thompson always like, yeah, like, the thing is with me, bro, is like, he, uh, it's related to like, when I get a burger, he knows like, yo, just ketchup and mayo. That's like, it. He knows, like, for me, it's like, I, I like novelty and other, like, don't get me wrong. I do like to travel and I, and I do want to travel and, and. Might hit up a new borough in New York. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> like for me, because I go, I'm, I, I've, I've been a lot of places. I mean, obviously not like Europe and, and, and overseas, but I've been mm -hmm. to, you know, all over the Caribbean and I've been, you know, fucking West Coast and, you know, New York up north and, and things of that nature. But yeah, I just haven't been inspired to like go to Europe or like do like yeah. the crazy traveling thing. And I try to think like to myself, why am I like this? You mm -hmm. know, like, and I don't know. I think it's just, I've set up my life to where, and I truly believe this, but like I've, I've set up my life to be like a vacation to where like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not stressing. I play music for a living and I love what I do. And it's almost like when I go on vacations, it's almost like, I know I'm not going to sleep good. I know I'm going to like, you know, I'm not going to be in my own bed. I know I'm not gonna, it's, I don't know. I don't know. There's good things about it. And it, like, like it, like going to Bali sounds cool, but it doesn't, it, uh, it doesn't, and then you got the, the 20 hour plane ride and shit, like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, I think it's one of those things. Everything's not for everybody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And again, like, I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's good for you. You know what you enjoy. And like, bro, like, you I should love, always I love, like, for things. example, Colombia. Like, you know me, I've gone to Colombia three times a year, but it's like, I love going to the same place because I feel like I get ingrained more in that. It's like a second home to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, I feel that. It's like, yeah, bro. But, yeah. And I make up, and I don't know this, but there's probably other places in the world, too, where if you went there, you'd be like, damn, this place is amazing. Like, yeah. I would love to be out here a couple more times. Yeah. But again, a person doesn't know until they experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many places, even just within the U.S., you know what I'm saying? Like, that's one thing, you know, last year, couldn't travel out the country like that. So I just hit different places, you know, throughout the U.S., and like... Bro, there's fire places in the U.S. Like, actually, I'm hyped to go to Montana, of all places. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's one thing I do regret, that during this COVID shit, that I didn't take, like, a road trip. Like, that was the perfect time, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing with my, the thing with my industry is that when you take off, not only are you missing out on money, but you're, 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 you're creating the potential for somebody to take your spot, too. It's like football. You know, you miss a football game. It's not a good idea. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So, you have... You know, those are things to weigh out as yeah. far as it goes for me personally. But yeah, um, I think it's the perspective of it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like if like at the end of the day, competition is a real thing. Yeah. And if you're also confident in your ability and what you do, like yeah. you might Just give up out. one spot, not be there. And I guarantee you another three, four doors open when you get back. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think that's how the world and the universe works when we are truly in alignment with what it is that we want to do and create. Yeah. And I also understand like the the pain of always trading time for money like that's something too when i was always doing like the physical training aspect of parts or yeah physical training part of things it's like every time i left to go on vacation i wasn't making any money at that point you go from right not making money to like spending money you get me so it's right. like yeah it's a little, yeah. a little flip in the bank account so for me that's why i love how i transform the type of work i do where i can do it anywhere yeah. so like, don't get me wrong i'm still trading mm -hmm. time for money but now I can be mobile, right? I can be in the Galapagos, and if I can find a hotspot, like I'm still able to work, right? Which I love, and I'm starting to see the importance of being able to have passive streams of income where people can make, you know, they can buy my program or they can buy the supplements, and you know that I believe in, and they can do all these things. And now, when those sales happen, like I don't need to physically be there yeah, yeah. for that to happen. And that's what I think is really exciting about right now is that we live in a time where there's so many different ways to make money. And to me, that's just another on the example. Internet, like, and you can make it while sleeping. Yeah, yeah. come on, man. That, that's yeah. why I say, like, yo, the world is so abundant. Like, the, 
we're interconnected more than we've ever been like <laughs> literally yeah ever now now I, now I am of the assumption of the belief that it's bad that we're interconnected as well like it's all perspective bro. yeah yeah bad how bad in a sense where like we're seeing it like on facebook with the divide and politics and like you said nuance is gone and like there's certain things that mm -hmm. that that hyper interconnect interconnectivity is just you know doesn't serve us as a people as a population it's kind of yeah. you know well i think it, it depends on on how it's being used and also too like you know i think there's certain people out there and this is all just my opinion what i make up that because they're not grounded in who they are mm -hmm. they don't know who they truly are what they truly stand for mm -hmm. what their like guiding principles are their north star mm -hmm. because they don't know that and because as individuals we are tribal beings we need to be a part of something mm -hmm. people will go join something mm -hmm. just to be a part of it mm -hmm. and they'll do anything to stay a part of it because mm -hmm. back in the day the worst thing that could happen to you is that you get ostracized from the tribe right you get kicked out the tribe right and now you're trying to fend by yourself like your tribe is what protects you right right so what happens now is people feel so alone that they're open to joining anything just so they can be part of a team yeah. and not feel so alone and because they might not have their own values and principles they're just like well shit i'll just agree with whatever this group is saying or whatever this person's saying because i don't want to be alone and i want to be part of it yeah Damn. So let's paint a hypothetical scenario. Like you have a kid, right? Mm -hmm. How do you raise him? Like, what are the rules and stipulations you put on him as far as whether it's an i something as simple as an iPad time or like, you know, just in this technology, dog. you know, that's like, literally that's literally a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. How would Mister You Can Too raise little You Can yeah. Too? Man, honestly, like, and this is coming from me thinking what it's gonna be like what i envision right but i i'm not gonna know until i'm right. actually a father and i'm doing the work right? right but i like to think that i'm gonna give my kids a lot of autonomy and when i say that i mean that i'm gonna let them know like for me you know me i'm huge on food right, right? so when they're like really little and like it's my job to only feed them right like i'm only gonna give them the best quality food right and i'm right. not gonna let outside people give them like shitty food right because right. i want them to develop their own taste buds and know what tastes good to them and right. all of that and that's one of those things though that i see my sister go through right now and it's like you do want that but then it's like the time to cook the food every single day and every meal and, yeah i'm and, fine and with it gets, that yeah but that's the thing like i'm willing to do that because right. that is that important to me right is everyone going to do that no are they going to find their reasons or excuses not to do right, that right. i get it but for me i know what i'm going to do what's in my control eventually my kids going to get to an age where they're going to be able to make choices right, right. like they can be a five-year-old and be like oh i want that i want that mm -hmm. and my what i envision is that like i tell them like look like you can go to the like you're gonna go to the friend's birthday party you can have the cake but understand when you eat the cake you're not gonna feel good yeah right and i'm gonna tell them how they're probably gonna feel and then from there i'm let them make the decision yeah and say they go eat the cake and then a little later they just feel terrible mm -hmm. i'm just gonna point out like hey remember how we talked about how the food yeah makes you feel a certain way well understand this is how the cake made you feel mm -hmm. so if you want to eat cake you got to be open and willing to feeling like, like this, shit, yeah. right? So like in my head, that's how it's going to go, right? Right. So like I want to give my kids like a lot of autonomy 
and like really but then it, teach it, them. Yeah, but then it falls in like like now your kid is in, in class with his peers. Right, right. And then you know, we didn't listen to our parents when we were you know what I mean? Like our parents were wrong, like to us. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But, when we were but again, up, like the the, the the pressure from our peers or were our peers were more influential than our parents were as far as some of our decision yeah. making. You know what I'm saying? Some of the shit we did no, not of course. Even in high school when we were of course. Set, of course. But know. here's here's my thing, like when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, early adult, I guess still early adult, but like 20s, nobody was teaching me like, hey, this is these are what consequences are, mm -hmm. positive or negative. So like, hey, if you do this thing, then this thing or that thing may happen. Mm -hmm. And you have to like deal with it. Like that's on you, mm -hmm. right? It's different when I'm little and someone's telling me like, you can't do this, you can't do that. I'm like, the fuck are you? No, I'm gonna go yeah. do that thing now, right? Yeah. Like no one's telling me like, why? Right. Or like what the consequence could be. So like, yeah, so like my kids, like, yeah, they're very much going to be impacted by their peers. But my thing is, it's the same thing. It's just like, yo, I'm going to teach them how to know like what, like that they're making their own decisions, essentially. It's like if, like if Teach moderation, basically. Like not, mod not even moderation. I don't even know what it looks like. Like it could be 100% no, right? It could be hard no's on some things. Mm -hmm. For certain things, it's going to take, you know, going through the actual experience and like, you know, putting your hand on the fire, getting burnt a little bit and mm -hmm. then being like, oh, okay, I realize that's not yeah. for me. But basically I want to teach my kids that there's going to be consequences to everything that you do and that you are a hundred percent responsible for everything that you do. Right. So like if your peers are telling you to go do this thing and it has a negative impact on you, it ain't your peers fault. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. Little man or little woman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, granted, I'm saying this right now as a 32 year old with no kids, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm very open to feeling a very different way yeah. when we get there. But again, that's my intention, right? right? That's my destination. So I'm going to put in the work towards that destination. And as I'm on that path, something might change, and I'll be like, "No, we're going to do it like this now," yeah, yeah. right? Because I think the only way we really learn is through our experience. And ultimately, like, I want my kids to value. Being a good person, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like under, like te I'll teach them emotional intelligence. Like no one taught me how to like work with my anger. It's just like, yo, you shouldn't be angry, yeah. or like, oh, you could be mad, but don't show it. And it's just like, bitch, that ain't no tool. You ain't yeah, telling me yeah, nothing. Yeah, just yeah. white. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then at the same time, the person who just told me that just like cussed out someone else. I'm just like, wait a minute, <laughs> that don't match up. Yeah. So that's my intention. But yeah, no, I think it's fascinating when it comes to kids because at the end of the day, like kids can't do anything. Like we take the longest to develop, right? Out of all the mammals and animals, like mm -hmm. we take the longest to be able to like be on our own and be sustainable, mm -hmm. right? So like, you know, kids need to be fed all the way until they're like, shit. At the earliest, what, 15, 16? Like how old can you be to get a job and make your own money hypothetically? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows by then they might be making money by five YouTube videos, but I don't yeah, know yeah. or whatever the thing is. But right. what I'm saying is what's in my control, I'm going to control that and do my best on those things. Right. The things that are out of my control, once they make those certain decisions, I'm going to be there to talk to them about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if there needs to be repercussions, there'll be repercussions. And it's not coming from a place of like, you fucked up, yeah. but coming from a place of like, you Love. get to learn from this. Love, yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
So that's my intention, but we'll see what actually happens. All right. There it is. Alvy Thompson, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. Bro, plug all your social media. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, man. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. You Can, the number two. Mm. Uh, I got a podcast as well, How You Can Too. You can find that on Spotify and on Apple Podcast and youcantofit.com. But we're going to switch that to MrYouCan2.com this quarter. So be ready for that. There it is. Any other projects? Anything you want to let the people know that you're working on? Yeah. So I have my one-on-one 12-week coaching experience called Fulfillment Express. So for anybody out there who is looking to get extremely clear on what their dream life looks like, a life where they are thriving in their personal relationships, in their romantic relationships, with their community, with their health, with their wealth, all that good stuff. Come with your boy. What if someone hits you up and says, yo, I got this bag for you. And what my dream life is, is I want to be whipping these whips. I want to be fucking these hoes. I want to be, you know, I want to have this jewelry. I want to shit on everybody in the game. I want to be lit. And I want to have a Frenchie bulldog and name him Draco. Mm -hmm. What do you say to him? Well, I'm going to ask him why all those things are important. We're going to get really clear on why that stuff's important. Uh -huh. And then once we get that, we go going after that. Uh, let's get it. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> Shout out to Lil Draco. Well, what you have to do to fuck these hoes is, um, <laughs> there it is. I'll be Thompson, my brother. Appreciate yeah, you, boy. Bro. Appreciate you.